between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow. Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need to know involving USA Curling and more. It's the 12th in Sports Network's The Extra Extra In Podcast with hosts Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, club spotlights, and more. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's The Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Jenna. Yes, we are back, and yes, we did miss last week, but we are back in the saddle. Price Atkinson, joined by Jenna Martin, the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th Sports Network. Back here the night before Halloween, Jenna, is we get ready for tricks or treats tomorrow night. I can't wait. I've been downstairs with my hands in the slime uh, for the last hour with my kids, but... Halloween is upon us, and how is it going? Did you enjoy the week off? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I didn't do anything exciting, to be honest with you. I worked on my kitchen backsplash for a couple nights last week. Uh, I know. The days are getting shorter. The weather's getting colder. So there's not much excitement going on in my life right now, Price. I can't lie. Well, how about the Madison? Didn't you have the Madison spiel last weekend that you said you okay. just were, was oozing fun? It was, yes. Um, Madison Halloween Field, my one uh, tournament of the season, it has coming on. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you got to see a lot of um, competitive curlers, club curlers, and it's always fun to see like both parties interact and just kind of like unwind and have fun and be social together. So it was a pretty good weekend. How was your week? Uh, it was good. Uh, it, w- it was really good. It wasn't as much fun as yours because I saw that photo. I think what of you and Becca. Who who was it? Who who was the ringleader in the Matt Hamilton uh, costume contest? Who was the one leading oh, that my. party? Because that looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they nailed it. Becca Hamilton had a team of um, three other curlers from Madison, and they from head to toe, they had the entire costume down, down to like the. Um, lime green rag or hat that he carries in his back pocket. They had it all. Oh, it was God. Funny. That is fantastic. Yeah. Ham, ham fam, true, tried and true. I absolutely love it. Are you ready for trick or treating tomorrow night? I mean, you, you're dressing up, right? I know you've got some kind of costume uh, cooked up, right? <laughs> no, no, I don't even have candy yet. We're, I, have to, I saw your Instagram videos. You were making slime. Are you handing that out? Well, what are you guys doing? so so my wife is uber talented, unlike myself. She's good at so many things, especially when it comes to art and that kind of stuff. She's she is a walking Pinterest bulletin board, and so she gets this idea. Actually, this was not a Pinterest idea, but my kids love to make slime. When you have kids one day, you're gonna it, like I, I hate the stuff. I can't stand it. You know, they use all my contact <laughs> solution, which is fine. But oodles and oodles of bottles of 89-cent shaving cream and Elmer's glue and water. And, boy, they can have some fun at the kitchen table, and it will become a mess all over the place. So what they did was they made 
purple orange slime, put in these little containers, put the eyes in there, and that's what they're going to give away. Instead of candy at their class and stuff tomorrow, they'll give away for the to go in the treat bags for everybody these like little tiny cups of slime that have the eyes in it. Pretty cool if I do say so, but yes, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I can I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. You love you love the slime. Yeah, was mighty thrilled, and so my wife was. And this is this is kind of funny, and I'll laugh while she's not in anywhere within earshot, sleeping. I think already at this point, but when she the 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 can the 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 little cups that you that that you put it in, right? So they're supposed yeah. to twenty five in a in a uh, in a bag. Well, they're supposed to be twenty five lids, right? two two things of it and there are only 24 lids for 25 cups and you're like we can't do anything with this we've got we need it's literally 50 kids so we come up short two of them because they don't have lids and i was like you know what you just worry about the little things too much i don't have the time of my life to do it but she does and it uh, it was it was kind of frustrating that you have 50 <laughs> cups you only have 48 lids and you got 50 kids and you come up short after making all that crap Oh boy! Yep. I I this conversation, if anything, has made me realize I am not ready for children. Yep, it will be. It'll come in a time when you uh, maybe least expect it. But I'm excited for Halloween tomorrow. I'm excited. Uh, I'll say a happy birthday shout out to my mom. It would be her 73rd birthday tomorrow, so uh, it is for me a special day. Uh, but also, I just love seeing my kids uh, go out, and you know, my my kids are uh, decked out. They're ready. They're going to be dressed up. My son's going to be a T Rex. My daughter's going to be Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for the Clemson football team, and she has asked Amazing. me. I, I wanted to be Buzz Lightyear. Um, because Buzz is my favorite. Uh, I love Buzz Lightyear, all things Buzz. But she has said, nope, you've got to be Dabo Swinney, the Clemson football coach, since I'm going to be Trevor Lawrence. So I've got to find a whistle and get my Dabo Swinney uh, costume. So that's what I'll be doing, walking around the neighborhood. Is it's probably still going to be pouring rain at that point. But I'm looking forward to it, Jenna. Good. All right. Before we get into everything that we've got to do along with USA Curling, uh, we don't have a guest this week. We got a lot to get into because we do have last week to make up for. We got to look ahead to what's coming up this weekend. But before we do that, check this out. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT. All right, Jenna, back from the Masters, the first Grand Slam event of the season last weekend. I'm still um, I still have toothpicks uh, trying to keep my eyes open because it was a long couple days, as those things are. Sleep four or five hours a night, get back up, do Groundhog Day all over again, 15 hours at the arena. But it was a great week. Uh, John Schuster, one and three, did not qualify for the playoffs. They came up short. Oh, man, was it a tough one. I mean, they had to win their last two as they got in a hole. Uh, played John Epping actually in the feature game on Sportsnet. A great game. Uh, came up short to those guys. And then they, uh, I think they got four early in the game or in the fourth end maybe to beat Jason Pat or uh, to beat Ross Patterson from Scotland. Sit at one and two. And man, they had the game. I think it was a picked rock late. And they lose in an extra, I believe it was an extra, to uh, to Schwaller uh, from Switzerland. So they do not end up qualifying. But 
you know, nonetheless, uh, those guys' first uh, slam of the season. We'll get into the Tour Challenge coming up here next week that you are going to be joining us for. I want to talk a lot about that in the, the second segment. But, you know, that first uh, Grand Slam of the season, it, it really kind of feels like officially now, once the, the Slam season is underway, albeit a, a little bit late because going from uh, 7 to 6 this year, you know, it kind of feels like things are really now in full swing uh, around uh, with the elite curling now, Jenna. Yeah, absolutely. There's something special about a slam, even if you're just watching it on TV, but especially when you're there in person, uh, seeing the, the high level of competition and all the fans and just everything curling in one place, one arena is really special. So like you said, I mean, you have these club events all all season, but once you get yourself into an arena, it's like, okay, the competitive season's finally here. We can get started and uh, see how it all unfolds. Yeah, and let me say this, too, because last year was really my first full season on the slam circuit, and this year being year two. Uh, the, everything in North Bay, I don't know if anybody, and I doubt there is, associated with the event uh, that may live in North Bay or has any connection to it, but I'll say it anyway. It was a those folks in North Bay, Ontario, that hosted the Masters Grand Slam of Curling event last week, it was absolutely unbelievable. It set a record for attendance for a slam. They were over 40,000 tickets that were sold uh, from start wow. to finish. The crowds were unbelievable. It didn't hit in terms of total tickets sold like the Women's Worlds that you were at, but it for a slam, it, it shattered the record. Um, the crowds were electric. The fans were amazing. Um, everything around it was was beyond my wildest expectation. It was utterly phenomenal. And, you know, forget any kind of result that happened, just everything that went on um, w- you know, with the slam from the volunteers, the, the North Bay Granite Curling uh, Club, uh, I, that city just killed it. And they, they had their work cut out for them, I mean, because they had the Women's Worlds that you were at not that long before that. And I know they want to bid and get a Scotties and a couple other things. And if they want to have something like that, they're going to get it from Curling Canada. But, boy, that was that was a, a incredibly spectacular I – mean, it was really a spectacle to see. I mean, I just stood up on Sunday without a team playing in the final. I had a lot of other work I was doing, and I, mean, I was keeping an eye on the game. But I just kind of stood up at one point during the intro. I think it was the women's game. I took a video of it, put it on my Facebook page. But it, it was just – I mean, the whole place was just standing, rocking, and roaring. It was amazing, Jenna, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it going before you went there. And my recap of Women's World, I was I was trying to mention that it's it's the people of North Bay that really make it what it is. So I'm glad that you found a similar experience. Like, the hospitality is incredible. You see it at all slams, but... I'm glad North Bay stood out. What a what a great way to start the slam circuit. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So on Saturday night, I, I was crying in my beer. Uh, all my teams were out. Uh, nobody in the final. Uh, so that was tough. <laughs> so instead of going back to the hotel and working, you know, until one thirty or two, and then shutting it down to get ready for the final, I said, and, uh, Melissa Foster from Oakville. Scott's wife, who's the head ice maker from Oakville, she came up and helped us on stats. She said, "Look, my cousin's over at the, you know, the Granite Club. Come on, Jerry. Come on, Price. Come on, Rory. You guys need to come over there, hang out. Let's just go get a beer. Let's just decompress. You, let's just go have some fun." So we went over there, and that's where like the social house was. You know, if and there's no patch. You know, they don't, they don't do a patch for slams. They have like a social area, but they did a social uh, house. Basically, is what they called it. Uh, from about 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., 
so we went over there on Saturday, and Jenna, there was this dude, and I'm trying to remember his last name. It was Jamie. I think it was Jamie Williams. This guy, he was from Barrie, if you know where Barrie is. Barrie is like yep. north of – yeah, so you know. So you drive from Toronto, and Barrie is basically um, – not quite. it's closer to Toronto. It's probably about 45 minutes, hour out of Toronto on your way up to North Bay, and I think that's where he is from. This dude had like 10 guitars up there, Jenna, and I know this is a show killer because we need to be talking curling, but I I, the, I watch what curling in Canada is at its finest at social time because this dude put up, had like eight different guitars on the stage. He was a one-man band. He had a kick drum. He had a cymbal. He had a bass guitar. He had tambourines, <laughs> harmonicas. This dude literally was a one-man band, Jenna, and watching this dude, I walked in, I thought, oh God, this is going to be a joke. This is hilarious. All these older people are up, uh, up, up dancing to the, I mean, just the ran, most randomest songs. And there was just an a, eclectic mix of young people in there too. And each and every song this dude played, Jenna, I was just like mesmerized. And I went up to the dude and yes, after Jerry said, we're only going to stay for one beer, two at the most, because we need to get back. We're still there at 2.20 uh-huh. in the morning. We're still there at 2.20 in the morning. And I went up to Jamie and told him, I said, Jamie, if I had known you like 13, 14 years ago when I got married, Dude, you were so freaking awesome. You would have played my wedding, bro, because you would have brought the house wow. down. He was that good, man. He was that good. They said he's booked up like almost a year in advance, but it it that was one of the highlights. It really, besides all the people, this dude, I I wish I had a picture and could articulate it right now, Jenna. But it was it look, the whole thing, phenomenal. And I I don't know much more I can say because uh it, it was ready. It, it was awesome. It was ripe, and we're going to do it again here at the at the next Slam Nova Scotia next week that you're going to be coming to. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But before I close the book on North Bay, uh, just everything you said and everything else everybody told me about it, it, it lived up to the hype. All right, Jenna, let's get to uh, let's get to some of the other action that happened around uh, the world of USA curling, and let's talk about. Uh, all right, let's let's start with Corey Dropkin. Corey and the in the crew they make, uh, including young Thomas Howell, they make their second final of the season, but they come up short in Winnipeg. They lose to Braden Calvert nine uh, one in the Atkins Curling Supplies Classic. Look, it's kind of the same story in a little bit of a way for Corey and, and the Young Bucks because last year I think they had what three final uh, finishes before they got to the Tier Two with the Tour Challenge, and they're going to be in the Tier Two next week. Uh, but they just can't seem to buy a win. Still, nonetheless, and that doesn't even include making the semis at the Stu Cells in Oakville. I mean, they've had a really solid season. Uh, we've talked about the Young Bucks, but y- you want to get over the hump. You want to get a win. You want to get that skin on the wall. But still, you know, I-, I like what I'm seeing out of Corey and them, and especially coming into the Tier 2. I mean, Corey's got uh, he's got some motivation after what happened last year, losing that lead to Scott McDonald. Uh, kudos to to Corey, Tom, and, and Fenner, Fenson, and, and and Mr. Young Joe Polo on on another great weekend. <laughs> Does Joe become young by association if he's on that Young Bucks team? I don't know. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like obviously, yeah, they're they're gunning for a win. They're eager to get their first tournament win of the season. But I think that they have to be pretty happy with themselves right now with uh, all this playoff success that they're experiencing so far this season i think they're going to be sitting pretty nicely at the this tier two slam coming up so i'm excited to see how they do yeah i'm excited to see them too uh chase Sennett on the junior side of things uh five and three it was a under 21 event in ottawa core farrell was there also uh went two and three and, and chase Sennett. uh 
you know, that's a young junior team that that's had a good season. I don't have all the results right in front of me, but I, I know they've they've had a good run so far, and um, they're going to be all getting ready. There's a big event in uh, this, the DeKalb Super Spiel, War Curling Tour Super Spiel in Manitoba this weekend. You're going to pretty much have all the U.S. junior teams that are going to be there. Um, obviously, you'll have some other, uh, you know, another a little bit more of a U.S. flavor. Um, you know, Delaney Strauss, Luke Violet also from the uh, Junior High Performance Program, but Ann Podal, Jed Brundage, and Kyle Kakala, also from the U.S., uh, going to be there in Manitoba. Have you ever played that event, by the way? Oh, the DeKalb Superspiel? Yeah. Um, I want to say yes. This is no knock on, on Manitoba, but I have to say every place I've been in Manitoba is um, strikingly similar to the last. So um, I think I think that I have. And so it, I don't know, Price. Yeah, they, this is a guess. Yeah, they all run together. It's, but it, I mean, everything is basically like portage, right? I mean, that's that's basically what I hear when it comes to Manitoba. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. When you see one small farming town in Manitoba, you see them all. <laughs> no offense, Manitoba. <laughs> Trust us. No offense. No offense. Um, all right. Also, the U.S. mixed doubles. Uh, now, this is going back a little bit of a ways, and I want to you know go ahead and turn the page so we get ready for what's coming up ahead, but. Uh, the U.S. Mixed Doubles uh, run at the World Championship uh, ended in the quarterfinals to Switzerland. Congratulations to uh, Team Clausen uh, as they uh, were, went to Scotland uh, and finished, uh, made the quarterfinals. Good run for them. I know they wanted to keep it going, but uh, still t- Team USA, uh, Stars and Stripes, doing us proud. Yeah, for sure. The, um yeah, the Mixed Worlds is just a, a huge event. There's so many teams that are in it. So to, to even make it out of their pool, I think, is a really impressive accomplishment. So props to them, especially for um, they qualified for, for Worlds however many months ago. To, so to stick with it and see results, I think, is, is pretty incredible. So I hope they had a great time out there. We're, we're definitely proud of them. All right, so help me out on this, too, because you're far, far smarter than I am. Why, Out of curiosity, to me, that's just. To me, that's a difficult situation, proposition, whatever you want to call it, situation, where you win uh, your nationals or whatever your qualifier is to go to World Mix, and you've got to wait all summer long, and then you come out and play really at the beginning of the season when obviously a lot of places don't have ice. You know, I can't speak for every every you know country that was at the World Mix or at the World Mix Championship, but you know to. Um, you know, the, for for the world mixed team to be to to basically go there, and you don't have a lot of ice. Um, to me, that's a, just a difficult situation when you're obviously not at your peak. You haven't played all season. You know, you've been through the summer, and then you kind of kind of gear up right away at the very beginning of the fall to go play in the world mixed championship. I don't know. To I don't understand it. Uh, I know again, you're far smarter than me. Maybe you can explain it to me. But that is a t- that seems like a really tough deal. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any more insight to it than you do, other than, I guess, maybe there's some comfort in knowing that other countries are experiencing the same kind of uh, hardships of not having ice over the summer. But the same thing, like, um, however many Olympic trials ago, they had the Olympic team for curling picked out almost a year in advance, and now we're doing it a couple months before. I don't know if maybe we're just trying to find... um, the, the prime time to select the, the championship team before they go into a tournament like that, or if it's just the way that the championship schedule falls with ice availability. I don't know, Price. I have no idea. Yeah. 
Well, I have an idea about something, and, and that something is the uh, the Madison Mixed Doubles coming up this weekend. Want to talk about that. Want to talk about uh, you know some other events going on. Also, most importantly, you are headed back to the Grand Slam circuit, and it's not going to be on the ice. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more, including why in the hell would anybody, anybody pick candy corns as a Halloween favorite candy? I don't know it. I think they suck, but I'm going to ask Jenna what she thinks. When we come back right here on the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, we'll be right back. So many games to muddle through. Who's looking for an angle? Who's looking for an upset? We're looking for it every week as part of Three Dog Thursday. Hi, I'm TJ Reeves. Join me for the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to picking those underdogs. My co-host Kevin Rogers is a senior handicapper from VegasInsider.com, and we do a great job of analyzing and predicting at least three underdogs to look for every week in college football and in the pros. Plus, when the college basketball season rolls around, we got to keep picking underdogs all the way through the Final Four. It's Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And when picking those underdogs in the football and college basketball season, remember our podcast, Three Dog Thursday. Anything and everything involving USA curling and more is here on the Extra Extra In podcast. Here again are Price and Jenna. All right, right back at you here. The final segment, segment two is, yes, we're going to have some guests. We're going to start having some guests rolled out. Don't worry, folks. We will have guests here on the podcast. And Jenna and I have lift off on, on season three we got to get our feet under the ground as, as Jenna has not been scared off. She's a trooper. She's now in episode three. And we're going to do an episode next week from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Excuse me, not Halifax. it, get it right. Where are we going, Jenna? Pictou County, New Glasgow, the site of the Tour Challenge, the Tier 1, Tier 2 event. Really, really excited about that event coming up. But m- most importantly, Jenna, I'm excited you're going to be with us Uh Helping out on the scene in a variety of, of roles, but most importantly, helping me on the social media end of, uh, end of things. I cannot wait to bring the snark, not to the ice, but to the arena and do what you do best. Yeah, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to it. I've obviously expressed how much I've missed being around curling. So to see the behind the scenes and what you guys do and how hard you work and how it can help these teams is going to be a really cool experience. And I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you and uh, Jerry and Rory and the Curling Zone crew and see what it's all about. Uh, you got, you got to be excited about Nerd HQ. You'll be indoctrinated really quickly. I think you'll enjoy <laughs> – I think you'll really enjoy everybody. So – uh, it okay. is it is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know I'm excited just that we're going to have you know obviously a much stronger U.S. presence there because Schuster clearly going to be in the mix. They'll be in the Tier One event. Excited that uh, Team Roth, uh, Sands Nina, uh, she will is now uh, what officially I don't want to say officially that's not the way to put it, but Nina now you know pretty much now stepping away for the rest of the season uh, as it'll be Tab and Tara Peterson, uh, Eileen Geving, and then. Um, Oh, God, Becca Hamilton. So the four of them are pretty much going to be Team Roth the rest of the way is, is Nina's due. I believe it's early February, sometime in February, right around national. So uh, excited to, to see what they can do being back in the Tier 1 event. Obviously, uh, what they did in Song in South Korea, that was a, a really the, – the points that they were able to accrue there was a big reason why they're going to be in the Tier 1 event. But, you know, you also have uh, three more U.S. teams. You're going to have um, uh, Corey Dropkin. 
uh, and or two more U.S. teams, Corey Dropkin and Rich Ruinen, going to be playing in the Tier Two event, Jenna. And you know, obviously, uh, it's a loaded field. But you know, as you played in the Tier One last year at the Tour Challenge, it really doesn't matter. Tier One, Tier Two. Um, you know, this can be a great jumping off point, uh, whether it's tier one or the tier two. And last weekend we saw that jumping off point because a couple first time winners, Canadians, albeit Matt Dunstone and uh, Tracy Flurry, they had never won a Grand Slam. But boy, they won it in spectacular fashion last week. Uh, that could jumpstart them and really catapult them into the rest of the season. And, and no doubt about it, what a Tier 2 win can do for you, then you know, possibly getting you into, it does get you into the Canadian Open in January, the slam there. But you know, it can really be a springboard. And, and Corey had a great run in the Tier 2 last year. And you know, certainly Richie was in the Tier 1 at the Tour Challenge, came up short in their quarterfinal. But, I mean, this is a big event. This is the biggest Grand Slam event of the season, Jenna. The Tier 1, Tier 2, I believe it's 60 total teams. I think you have 15 and 15 uh, men, women in, in the Tier 1, and then another 15 and 15 in the Tier 2. I mean, it's 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 a massive event, but they have it all under one roof. I'm just excited. We're going to have a lot stronger U.S. flavor here next week. Yeah, definitely nice to see U.S. teams at these slams. I think that more and more we're starting to see the slams as like a, an international event rather than Canada against Canada. And even though last week two Canadian teams won the slams, um, it was kind of a, a Cinderella story or underdog type story that really, I think, opens the door and make, makes a lot of these top teams realize that these slams are anybody's for the taking. And uh, hopefully we see a good U.S. presence and, and have them do well this week. I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, and, you know, I, you know, people say, well, why is it you always talk about the slams? And, well, I mean, besides the fact to go to them, work with a lot of the teams there, I mean, the, these are the biggest events of our sport, right? I mean, obviously the Olympics and the World Championships clearly are the events you want to be at. But when it comes to on tour, the regular events used to be seven, now just six slams, and that's still not a bad thing. I think getting rid of the Elite Ten wasn't the worst decision in the world. But, I mean, the amount of prize money that's on the line, obviously Sportsnet, the, um, you know, Rogers that, that puts these things on, they're obviously all in Canada. I mean, but these are the best of the best, Jenna. These are the best teams. And like you just said, the international flavor of these things, the world is, is caught up to Canada. Uh, it's not just all Canadian teams. I mean, I looked down, I think it was on the women's quarters, you know, had uh, Anna Hasselberg was, I want to say that was in, no, that was my only, uh, the only team I had out there in the women's uh, quarters. But, you know, I looked down besides uh, Anna and her team. I mean, you basically had four. It was four and four. You had four Canadian women's teams, four uh, international teams. And Yoshimura from Japan, where Canadian or where curling right now is just booming. You talk about a place that's exploding. I mean, we know the U.S. is, but, boy, the Asian markets right now, I mean, uh, China, Japan, Korea, the, especially Japan, they cannot get enough curling. Yoshimura Finals, first Japanese team ever to make uh, a final at a slam. I believe it was just the second Asian team ever, uh, the Korean men that made a final two years ago in 2017. But nonetheless, I mean, the international flavor, these events are just stronger and stronger. It's just not all Canadians, maybe a token U.S. team, maybe one or two European teams, and that's it. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I think uh, the reaction that Matt Dunstone had, it's all over the Internet if listeners haven't seen it yet, but the reaction he had when he won shows the magnitude of these events and how prestigious and important they are. Like, he grew up dreaming of competing in a slam, and not only that, but winning a slam. So, to, to see that reaction and realize the importance that these tournaments have to the players, 
And then you see all these international teams come over from across the pond, and they're spending weeks in Canada to compete at this level. So um, if that doesn't tell you how important they are, I, I don't know what will, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, you said it. I mean, Dun- Dunny, at, immediately after they won, I mean, he was in – you know, tears. Rory's mom, Joan McCusker, who uh, was Sportsnet, she was doing the on ice interview after the game, and you know he, he, you know he just needed. I mean, he just it was it was just hitting him. You know, just it was something he always dreamed of. He's just twenty four years old, and you know, usually you think of seeing some of the you know the older guard that might cry and get emotional. Not you know these new young bucks are just you know rip roaring ready to go. And I, I'll you know to put throw this in there just. You know, right after he talked to Joni, and then he went over and John Brazo, who works for the Slams, you know, he talked to Brazo for about two minutes. You know, I was doing a little extra um, side work for um, Saskatoon uh, Radio. A friend of mine that works up in Saskatoon, he asked me to get some audio of Dunstone, win or lose. And so, you know, I had about two or two and a half, three minutes with Dunny really immediately, um, you know, after the trophy presentation and everything. So he comes over, we start chatting, and you know, I asked him what it, you know what it meant for him, but you know the pride, you know, because you know in Saskatchewan, you know the pride that those folks have out on the prairies, especially in that province, you know, for 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 Saskatchewan, he he started breaking down again, and I told him I was like, dude, it's okay, man, just just take your time, and it, it wasn't just it, he wasn't just putting it on for cameras. Cameras were long gone, and he and I were just sitting there talking, and he's like, I'm sorry, Price. I said, No, dude, just it's okay. Take you you take your time. And I just kept it rolling, yeah. uh, but it, it it just shows what an event like that means. And you know, some people a misconception. I mean, you've curled, you've you've competed in. I don't I don't know how many slams. I know the most recent one was the Tour Challenge last year, but I mean, they're no joke. And you know, there's a ton of prize money on the line, and it's where the best of the best come to compete every single year when these events are put on. Yeah, and I mean, somebody like Dunstone, too, when I was thinking about it, I think one of the most impressive things about him and that team, sorry, we're kind of veering away from USA Curling here, but is that that team is filled with young guys. It's not, it's normally when a young team, Dunstone saw a ton of junior success, winning the, the Canadian juniors a couple times, but um, all of his teammates are young, too. Normally, when teams like that fizzle out into men, they'll go their separate ways and get get combined with like older skips or whatever somewhere in the lineup but these guys are all young and they're working so hard together um to be a team and it's just been really cool to see them grow and and develop and have success yeah it really was it was it was it's been really neat and you know i I, it is going to be neat one day i mean i I know john and them are that's one of their goals and i wasn't there the players what two years ago when jamie and and Monica and the crew won it uh, to break through for you know the first U.S. team to ever win a slam. Uh, and still, obviously, that that record is held there. But a men's, uh, you know, a U.S. men's team has never won a slam. I know that's something that John and his team would like to do, and and hopefully it will happen at some point. But you know, really excited about this the, the tour challenge coming up. I mean, it really is a free for all where you have two events basically under one roof. We'll be there. We'll bring it all to you. So I'm just excited that you're going to be there and, and that you're going to share in the fun because behind the scenes, baby, it's a little bit different than uh, throwing stones out on the ice. I'm just going to warn you, Jenna, but <laughs> I'm telling you, Nerd HQ, it's going to be fun. You're going to need you're going to need the vacation from the vacation is what you're going to need when you get home. Oh, boy. I have no idea what to expect, but uh, whatever it is, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. We'll keep you plenty of libations, plenty of good uh, red wine, whatever it is you like. We'll we'll have everything on hand that you need to keep you going all week. But 
you know, it, more than just a slam, uh, you know, something, uh, another couple of events to get to, to kind of take a look at the good Carroll curling classic. Uh, I know it's something, uh, you know, a couple of us teams there, Stephanie Seneker and, and, and Kim Rhyme going to be competing there at the good Cur- uh, Carroll curling classic. And, you know, something you, you mentioned to me, it, you know, this, this is something that we, we need a highlight. We need to talk about because, you know, there is obviously a clear delineation. We all know it, you know, when it comes to the high performance teams, they're the ones that get the funding, the support, the help. But when you have self-sustaining, self, you know, basically self, you know, self-run, help me out. I'm, I'm missing the word here. It's getting too late at night. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm exhausted. But, you know, the, the teams that, that, that delineation, when you are a self-funded team like Seneca, Rhyme, uh, a team that's just below, you know, the high performance level, you know, this is really where you, I mean, I, I just have so much respect, you know, especially like a team like Stephanie Seneca, you know, who came into nationals last year is, is really a dark horse team and you know, a team that everybody was looking at because they put the work in, they went and played events. They were, they were spending time on the ice. I mean, they really went to work and invested the time in it um, on the ice and off. And it's just really neat to see, you know, teams like Seneca and even Kim Ryan, but the teams that aren't the high performance to get into the mix and, and, and to play well, and to make noise. Yeah, I, I couldn't have summed that up any better myself. Um, I think it's really important we show teams like this some love. I mean, they work tirelessly to perfect their craft. I mean, these are teams who are balancing full-time jobs. They're yep. coming up with their own competition schedules. And like you mentioned, they're completely self-funded or at least responsible for coming up with fundraising and sponsorship. And Sounds easy from a surface level, but it's not easy, let me tell you. So um, the fact that um, these women's teams and even there's a lot of men's teams out there sprinkled in too um, are out there just doing it for the love of the game and wanting to get better is I, I give them huge kudos. So if you see them on out on tour or on social media, give them a shout. Let them know that you appreciate what they're doing because, honestly, the success of USA Curling isn't sustainable if it's not for teams like this. And also, I encourage anybody, if you're thinking about making the plunge into competitive curling, but you're not quite sure how to get there, or you're intimidated or maybe put off by the high-performance program and thinking that it, it might be pointless to involve yourself, um, reach out to these teams. Ask them what they're doing and, and how they got to where they are. And I think that any of them would be more than willing to share their path and what works and what doesn't. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Sorry for going down that rabbit hole. Well, you no, know, and it's totally cool. And, and I, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't correct myself. That event was last weekend, and Seneca zero and four. Kim Ryan went one and three. But that that's not the point. The point is, is that you know, like you just said, I mean, the 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 teams that are self funded like that that don't get the help financially and in the other bells and whistles that have to go to work and literally go to work where they're trying to you know, work and, and, and also play full time. I mean, it, I just don't know how they do it. I don't know how teams like, like Stephanie Seneca and others and and honestly, let's, let's face it. That's the bulk of the sport. I mean, the bulk of the sport is not the teams that are, are funded at the high level. I mean, those are the teams at the bulk of the sport when, when you get to grand slam type of events, but the the I mean everybody knows when you look at the percentages you look at the percentages of 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 week in week out the teams that are going out on tour most of them and I say most most of them I can say almost all of them in the U S but most of them internationally are 
a lot of them are self-funded with some sponsorship here and there. Uh, but they're not national teams that get, you know, every kind of bell and whistle uh, monthly stipends to go play. I mean, it's just not. They are the heart of really – it's kind of almost like in in some ways like the small businesses of, of you know, the U.S. And our country is that's really kind of the bedrock of – of what the economics, you know, in, in the system is. It, and that's really uh, the way I think of it, and those kind of self-funded teams in a little bit of a way in curling, Jenna. That's exactly it. I mean, they're essentially the foundation of, of USA Curling. Without them, we would not be anywhere close to, to where we are as a country and um, performing on the world stage like we are today. So I think that we really are only as good as our grassroots teams. And it's important that we keep supporting them and keep doing whatever we can. And uh, I, I encourage everybody to get out and, and make the plunge to get competitive. If, if you're on the fence or deciding if it's worthwhile, get in touch with these teams and talk to them and see what they're doing because those are people that truly love the game of curling. They're, I mean, dedicating all their PTO or doing whatever they can to make it work. So that's all I have to say. Give them some love. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't. I could not agree with you more, Jenna. Um, also, this uh, coming up this weekend. Although the Good Carol Curling Classic was last weekend, uh, but uh, hey, M- Madison, where you just were, where you go, you went ahead and greased the skids, as they say. You greased the ice, Jenna. I don't mean grease and anything, but you got it ready because the mixed doubles, the Madtown <laughs> Double Down this weekend, the second qualifier for the 2020 U.S. Uh, mixed Nationals, uh, mixed doubles Nationals uh, this weekend. I believe that this is Hamilton's event, right? And this Hammy's event uh, in, in Madison this weekend? Yeah. I mean, have you been to the Madison Curling Club? I have never been, and I cannot wait to go. Yeah, it's incredible. Six sheets of pristine ice, and I don't say that facetiously. Jeff Schleichman is their uh, ice maker up in Madison, and he does an incredible job, even for the Halloween deal last year or last week. The, the ice was immaculate so um i'm really excited for madison to host such an incredible event i think it's kind of rare that uh u.s cities get get events of this caliber we have a lot of international teams coming in as well you know you have anna hasselberg and oscar erickson um johnny moe coming down from canada catlin schneider shannon burchard yep it's gonna be a good one yeah, it, it really works perfectly in the calendar, and this is this is kind of that puzzle when it comes to scheduling events with the World Curling Tour, the Slams, uh, the World Curling Federation. I mean, everybody's looking to. I mean, it's it's just a it's it's a puzzle every year to try and figure out how you're going to do this. But man, huge props to to Hammy and everybody there in uh, Madison putting this one on because you take advantage of the week between. I mean, it, it really is a, a critical week because. You know, with the slam having just been played there where we were at North Bay, now you have a week off, and then we're getting ready to go to, to Nova Scotia. I mean, you, you've got teams, especially the European and international teams that come over here. I know a lot of – all of it, Anna's team went back to Sweden. They all went back except she stayed and played played league with uh, their coach Wayne Madal last night and uh, uh, Sherry and Glenn Howard last night in their uh, in their league on, on Tuesday night, which I think would have been freaking awesome. You know, Oscar played the <laughs> league, but then you know because of the way the schedule breaks, you know those guys stay just here in the U.S. Hammy gets them to come down and play. I mean, there's some. I don't. I can't remember what the prize money is, but I want to say it's over twenty-five grand U.S. I mean that that's not that is not bad money at all for a mixed doubles event at all. No, I'd be happy with twenty-five grand. Oh, no doubt about it. 
but I mean, the field, I mean, you, you talk about Shannon Burchard. I mean, she's going to be playing Johnny Moe. I mean, Johnny Moe's going to be back on the slam circuit next week. Uh, I believe he's subbing on and Kevin Cooey's team. Man, I really wish I was closer to Madison because I would love to be there this weekend. Corey and uh, Sarah are uh, going to be playing, too. I mean, this is going to be a damn good event, the second qualifier for the U.S. Mixed Doubles Nationals this weekend. I encourage anybody that's anywhere close to Madison, get out to McFarland. Go check out the Mad Madtown Double Down. You were there last weekend. Uh, I'm surprised you weren't recruited, Jenna. I'm shocked that somebody didn't say, Jenna, come on, I need a partner. Can you please just give me a oh. weekend? Don't rub it in, Price. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there's no rubbing in, too. We're, we're more than happy to have you to come to Nova Scotia and help us, but I figured it might be some uh, – that some. I guess the bidding was just way too high, you know, that there's just no way yeah, that they could uh, they could pull it off. But, well, anyway, there's going to be a lot of good stuff uh, coming up. I mean, it feels like to me and, – and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of – now that you start to get into November – and start to really kind of pick things up a little bit uh, when it comes to international stuff and some other events, I things slow down just a little bit because September and October, and I'm not just talking about at the elite level, but you, just so many bond spiels across the U.S., but uh, across Canada, all places across the provinces up there. You know, uh, the the Champery the, uh, that, that Richie and them went over to. I mean, there are a lot of events. September and October is just packed with, like, those kind of bond spiel qualifying opportunities to build up your resume, get a lot of points. It seems like now this is kind of where it starts to just slow down a little bit. Yeah, I think that um, everybody's in a rush to, to get their tournaments in and kind of get the kinks out of their system um, and their team systems down too at the beginning of the season. Um, this is the time of the year that teams start qualifying for bigger tournaments. They prioritize practice weekends instead of maybe a weekend on the road competing. Um, and they really get in the zone for their upcoming competitions and their playdowns. So we'll see if things start to die down a little bit, but that doesn't uh, take away from, from the intensity and the, um, what am I trying to say? The importance of the events that are upcoming. So while they're um, a little more sporadic, they're definitely, uh, there's a lot of stake. All right, Jenna, before we get out of here, uh, I can't bear to watch a single pitch of the World Series. I, I'm just – my heart's with Houston. Just do whatever it takes. I haven't even seen a score. If you've seen a score, feel free to let me know. I'm just hoping that Houston can find a way to knock Washington out of it because I can't stomach to see them uh, to win this thing. I've got a survivor that I'm going to go down and DVR if I don't fall asleep on it because I'm an old fuddy-duddy. But, uh, you know, Halloween's tomorrow. What – I was looking earlier today. We've got all this candy and crap downstairs. I don't know why that my wife and so many others like candy corns, why it's one of America's favorite Halloween candies. Do you eat those things? I think they're straight I filth. don't. I can't stand it. I uh, cannot stand it. If it, I imagine if you were to, like, bite into a candle, that's what it would be. It With, with a sugar-like flavor to it. That's exactly uh. what I think. You and I have so we we synergize on so many levels. We just don't know Tim Hortons, <laughs> the hate the hate for candy corns. I, there's just Jenna the 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 parallels, the synergy. They ju it just doesn't end. I don't know what kind of ground we're going to continue to break and forge. But I mean, I, all I know is your first cup of Timmy's is on me when you get to uh, Nova Scotia next week. But I just know that there's just many more things that we're going to come to dis discover 
that you and I just are lockstep on. And I just can't, I, I, I don't even begin to fathom what those things might be. You may hate Papa John's pizza like I do, and that very well, and no, they're not a sponsor, and yes, we can say that clearly. But, I mean, there might be many things like that that we are just in lockstep on. I'm just excited. I'm excited to do this with you every week, Jenna. I'm excited, too. I like so far that all the similarities we found have to do with food. Maybe we can expand <laughs> our horizons a little bit and get a little peach. <laughs> you know, it, we'll it, before we get out the door, because i got to let you go, and I've kept you way too long, but so, you know, I, you're, I need your help next week. I need your help in a big way because, Uh-oh. you know, obviously you don't appreciate – it's it's that old, you know, saying, you never appreciate what you got until it's gone, right? You know, yeah. Rory and so many other I mean, that we work with at the Slams, they trash Tim Hortons up and down. Like when I say I'm ready to go get, you know, a turkey and cheddar or something at Tim Hortons, I, I need just some kind of sustenance because I hadn't eaten, you know, in eight hours. We need to get some food. Can you just pick me? Dude, you can do better than that. And he said, what do you want from McDonald's? I can get you a Big Mac. And I said, you think that McDonald's is better than Tim Hortons? So my point oh. is that a lot of – like a lot just – and I'm going to be selective on it, especially Rory McCusker who trashes Tim Hortons, the coffee, the food, everything. I can't wait to have reinforcements next week because almost every cup, and it was at least three cups of coffee a day from Timmy's, I thought about you every time I looked at the top of that lid and saw that maple leaf. I even sent you a photo. I don't even know if you got it. I'm ready for Jenna Martin to be right there next to me to help me out because some of those Canadians, they can't appreciate it. They think going to freaking McDonald's and Wendy's is eating is highfalutin. Oh, I can't believe that. I don't I don't know if I'll be able to stand by your side though, Price, because I'm kind of a new kid in school. I want to impress them. Well, I was, I'm going to have to play it by ear whether or not I can back Jimmy's as hard as you do. No, but te- um, te- know that know that I will share a cup and a, a cup of coffee and some tidbits, um, <laughs> maybe in secrecy if I have to with you. Team USA, you and I are sticking together. The only thing you got to worry about is impressing me. No, I'm kidding when I say that. But you and I are going <laughs> to stick. You and I are sticking together on that. All right, make sure uh, you subscribe, download, listen. Your favorite podcast app, go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. doesn't matter what it is, but especially go to tesn.us uh, forward slash podcast. You can get every episode right there. The 12th in Sports Network, Joe and BA. We wouldn't be doing this without those guys having our back. Really appreciate the 12th in Sports Network. Really, really appreciate USA Curling for, for supporting us and all the things that we do here at the 12th in Sports Network, the Extra Action Podcast. Jenna, can't wait to see you in person next week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be so fun. There I'm, you... I'm going to count down the sleeps. We have how many more? I bet you Five are. Five uh, you've, <laughs> you've got the countdown going. All right, Jenna, we'll see you in Nova Scotia. Look, folks, we'll see you next week. We're going to do this one together from Nova Scotia, from the Grand Slam up there. But until then, have a great week. Enjoy the curling. Good curling to everybody out there, wherever you're hitting the ice. It doesn't matter. Have a great time. And we will see you again here next week on the Extract Extra Podcast with the 12th Inn Sports Network. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Follow the 12th Inn Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on news, guests, and upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. And contact us for more information on how to join the 12th Inn Sports Network.
When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action! Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of here! Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness! Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT.